Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mike Raddick, the driving force behind Voltage Wrestling, and you are listening to the Three Count Podcast with Red Dog. I'm in fashion, roll with cold. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entry the Ring, and I am your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller. That's right, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. You should call me your Sherpa. And by these many episodes I've been saying this, you better be calling me your Sherpa. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. That's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. So who's entering the ring today? Well, you can find this man at SCW. You can find this man at HWF. You can find this man at ACW. And you can also find this man at Voltage. He is an MC. He is a booker. He is an owner. He also has his own podcast. He is Mike Raddick. Wow, I could not have done that introduction any better myself. Uh, how's it going, man? Yo, it's going good, man. I am so glad that you are here on our show, man. So, how are you doing? Oh, uh, well, doing very well. Uh, just got back from a uh, two-week stint at the Super Bowl uh, <laughs> for uh, my regular job. Uh, we. You know, the shoot job's got to come first. So, uh, yeah, two weeks stint at the Super Bowl. Uh, had a blast. Um, just a wonderful experience, but glad to be back here in Maryland. Glad to be back home finally, and uh, glad to be here on the Three Count Podcast. Man, I appreciate it, man. So, first question right off the jump. Who is Mike Raddick? Uh, Mike Raddick is a kid, a kid with delusions of grandeur at times. Mike Raddick is... Uh, a guy that's still living his dream uh, and, you know, trying to make the most of the time that I have left in the wrestling industry. Um, you know, I, I've been doing this for uh, about 17, 18 years now. Um, I've been in for a while, I've been in since 2003 and uh, enjoying every minute of it, making the most of every opportunity and just trying to leave things better than I found it. Yeah. It's interesting because every time I see you, you're somewhere new in that place. Yeah. So we've had at like three different promotions. I have seen you as an MC. I have seen you in the commentary booth. I have seen you uh, as a promoter. So it's definitely it's definitely wild, like seeing you in all facets of like behind the scenes and kind of running around and and handling business. I'm just curious, man. Like what what brought you into the sport? So I, the funny, funny story. Um, I, uh, like I had always wanted to be a pro wrestler. Um, I knew after I graduated high school, I was going to pursue it. Um, I just didn't know when and where, um, we had a school, uh, I'm from Hagerstown, Maryland. So we had a school here in Hagerstown, um, that trained professional wrestlers. And at the time, um, the group of friends that I had, I had had some friends that have gone through that school and didn't, um, you know, not, not burying the promotion or anything, just didn't really have a good experience there. So mm -hmm. I, I, I wasn't particularly fond of going there to start out. Um, but another school had opened up in, uh, like South, the South central Pennsylvania area. And, um, one weekend I heard, uh, a, you know, a friend called me, um, I was in the middle of eating dinner and a friend called me saying they're training wrestlers for 200 bucks. <laughs> and it, I mean, that was a steal for training at the time. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting there like, oh, 200 bucks, I can't lose. And boy, did I lose that day. 
<laughs> they um so i tell the story to a lot of people um for people who think uh, professional wrestling is going to be this easy thing um i remember going in and at the time i didn't really work out i didn't really like i, I didn't take like physical fitness seriously so uh i'm going into this training session i i ran the ropes about 20 times and then took about 20 bumps and then did like, you know, 20 shoulder rolls. And they had me do this, like just work out to kind of see where I was at. And I remember getting out of the ring, walking outside and immediately vomiting. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first day of wrestling training. And like, after that, I was like, like, I was just like, Oh, there's no way they're going to let me get back in the ring. And they, they did. And, you know, they gave me another shot and, you know, I started, you know, really taking it a little bit more serious, um, you know, trying to you know, train whenever I could. Um, I think we were up there every Tuesday, Wednesday and Saturday night and uh, really just trying to make the most of it. So yeah, think, it all it, it, it all started from there. I think it's very it's very unique, right, because I've had people come to me and tell me that, like, you know, pro wrestlers aren't athletes, right? That they they they're just some dudes who drink beer and like and forbid, but touch each other because they're wearing speedos. And I was like, if you've never actually been in a ring and actually taken a bump, you will never know what it really like. No, you 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 really wouldn't. And I think um, the people that do and decide not to pursue it, I feel like even if they decide not to pursue it, they still have a newfound respect for it. Mm -hmm. um, it's it, it's it's a like it's an athletic line of work. While what we're doing is not particular, like I wouldn't categorize it as a sport. More, uh, I probably more so categorize it as a performance. Um, however, it's an athletic performance. It's no different than you know seeing uh, uh, like I don't want to call it gymnastics, but it's no different than seeing um, a, a fight scene in a movie. Um, the people that do those fight scenes, they train for hours and hours and weeks and months to perfect those things. And uh, you know, I think professional wrestling should be held in the same respect as that. Uh, you don't see anybody disrespecting like an action star. Um, most of the people want to go see their movies. And I think professional wrestlers are the same thing. You know, we're producers, we're choreographers, we're actors. Uh, you know, we bring, you know, four or five tools to the table that we have to be able to, you know, sit there and produce on the fly. Yeah. There's, so. there's a lot that goes into it. And then, and then you're, you're just talking about like in ring stuff. We're not even fact, talking about the fact that, you're your own booker, like your own manager, you're your own, like you got to get your own photography done. Right. Yeah. So you end up like enhancing your abilities of doing stuff. Like certain people will go down the avenue of making gear or other people will go through, you know, becoming professional photographers, videographers, or just mastering how to make musical tracks. Right. Or even doing the simple things of like making graphic cards. So you have people that you can do all those things. You end up learning how to do all those things. But typically like, that's a lot of different skills that pro wrestlers have that I feel like a lot of other athletes don't have. Right. So like even in the pro wrestling world, right. Or not pro, uh, pro football In pro football, like you have a guy to handle all your stuff, right? Like you may run your social media account, but you have a cook, you have a, a strength and conditioning guy, you have your nutrition, like your nutritionist, you have your agent that handles all your contracts. 
you know, it's me. Like I, I'm a team of me. That's who I am. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And like, I, I also say, um, you know, these are the skill sets that you learn in this industry. I don't care what skill level or where you are. Uh, the the skills that you could learn in this industry can help you out um, outside of this industry. Um, I'll, I'll give you a great example of this. Um, you know, one of the things that I did, um, early on to fulfill a need and to make some extra money while, you know, I'm out there trying to uh, live my dream, so to speak, is I would create and, uh, produce DVDs for the promotions that I was working for early on. Um, one of the things that ended up happening, I had a friend of mine who worked at a television station that was watching one of those DVDs at the station Somebody walked by and asked whose work it was. He had mentioned, hey, yeah, my my friend does this. Um, You know, I ended up getting my first job in broadcast television as a result of that. Um, That really kickstarted my career outside of wrestling and, you know, helped me uh, help me at least have a nine to five that was going to support my wrestling habit, so to speak. (laughs) Yes, that is very important. Like, Like, I think a lot of people don't realize, like, a lot of stuff that we do for like for the sport is just it's it's obviously for the love of it right because we're not making like big big bucks on the indie scene but it's like you said like you have that shoot job that helps you get there and to keep supporting your dreams it's very important to to have something that you can kind of rely on while you're able to be flexible and and jump around so oh absolutely um you know it's and it's it's good that people realize hey if this doesn't work out you're still getting to live your dream but you know take these skills and you know use them to build your life outside of wrestling um use them to you know make money in other avenues um you know it, it's uh, you never know where it could lead yeah it was funny because like even for me like you had mentioned how you made you're making dvds right like um if you watch the very first episodes of like now ancient ring or even if you watch the first episodes of three count podcast the base show like i was very shy around the camera and i had to get comfortable and i knew that like if i wanted to cut promos and do them well like i would have to be able to be in front of a camera especially if it's going to be just me cutting these promos so i like i would practice and i would use the show as like my way to get better at cutting promos so same here yeah, you develop everything through it. <laughs> no, same here. I, I remember my first podcast, and this was right, I want to say two weeks before the pandemic, or it might have been the week before the pandemic. I did my very first uh, podcast. Uh, we were then called the Podcast Pit. Um, I remember getting on the air and just being really just super nervous. Like, I had been ring announcing at that point for, you know, nine, 10 years. I'm used to talking in front of a crowd, but when it's just you in the room and it's, you're relying on you to kind of carry the whole thing and you're not speaking in short, you know, just short little phrases and short little, you know, moments, you're, you're literally speaking for a half hour to 45 minutes. It's, it's a little bit different and you have to train yourself to be able to know how to carry that and carry the show and, you know, know how to segue into other segments and just really, you know, make the broadcast worth watching. Yeah, no. And, and, and then like, even from there, right. You just, you're pulling down a video and then you're learning to edit it and cut it and splice certain segments that you want to put together and make them sound like coherent as well as like just streamlined. So you learn like a lot of, like you said, like a lot of different skills just based off of how you're working it. So I, I'm always like, I'm flabbergasted about like how far I've come like myself just for like the podcast as well as like just my speaking ability in front of a camera. But then like, 
it transitions because like you talked about it being a ring announcer you've been doing it for nine ten years you knew how to like to amp up a crowd for me like now i've been able to take this and just like energize it even more and when i get in front of a crowd like it's just a whole new ball game to it oh absolutely um, you know, it, 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 this definitely will help with your confidence in front of a crowd and, you know, and just knowing how to speak and, you know, it's like it, nothing but good can come of it. I, <laughs> I, I will say that. It's definitely, it's definitely fun because like looking at, uh, like my trainer when he does promo class and watching those guys go and do their first promos in front of a camera. And as soon as like they're practicing and they're like doing everything perfect. Cause like the crowd is there. Right. And, there's people are watching them, so they're like, they're getting into it emotionally. They're like, yeah, and I'm coming to get you this Saturday, <clears throat> right? And as soon as you hit the record button, you're like, all right, we're recording. They're like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you, all that energy, all that pent up aggression, just out the window as soon as we hit the record button. Like it's so funny. But then, like I've seen, I've seen a couple of the students, like as as uh, Sicken has worked with them come around and come to life and then like we've helped edit and like change things and like mold the way that they want to be and then just watch them blossom from there so it's definitely cool to watch like them have to to put that in and and then utilize their characters one of the one of the things that i used to do in that instance like i remember when uh when i started uh, this is like right after my divorce in 2018 i started getting back out there and trying to like really hit up every promotion i possibly could to kind of keep myself busy um, one of the things I did to get myself better at cutting, you know, the promos kind of hyping up the shows, um, which is one of the things I did. Um, I would go live. Like I, I would just go live and make like, cause, because if you go live, it's one take, you can't afford to mess up. It, it puts that pressure on you and you, you start reacting in the moment rather than, um, thinking, Oh, Hey, I can do this again. Like you start reacting in the moment and you end up getting better at doing, um, you know, doing what you're doing. I think that live environment really helps uh, when you're, uh, yeah, when you're trying to cut promos or hype things up, it's, it's a really good help. Yeah. Going live and like doing a show live. I, I've been, I've been blessed to be joined by Chaz, who is just a notorious for just being a serious mouthpiece and just talking trash. Uh, but with our debate show, we've been able to kind of like grow, and him and I have been able to like just enjoy like the environment that we have, but it's also hard because like I'm always trying to watch the chat to see like who's like dropping in and saying whatever they want to say and include that in our show, especially this year because this is the brand new season for season three that we're doing, and uh, it is it is tough to be able to juggle this conversation with the conversation that's being talked about over here and like tell people like all right yeah we're we're having this fun this fun uh, back and forth get together so. I, I definitely feel like that's it's beneficial to be able to go live. And you're right, doing a one take and knowing that you're going to slip up, like just trying to minimize that as much as possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so I'm curious, man, because you are in such a unique position. Like you get to see like wrestling from all aspects of life, right? I'm just curious, like as a promoter, uh, <laughs> What is the best way for an upcoming wrestler to just kind of come in and be like, hey, I'm such and such? Honestly, um, I, I say this a lot um, because as a promoter, you get thousands of emails from guys that are wanting to come in and work. 
Uh, I'll be honest with you. I have had so many emails because it, it gets to a point where it's almost impossible to read them all. Um, and, and, you know, some slip through the cracks. I have had, and this is over the years of promoting, I've ran three different promotions. Um, you know, I started promoting my third year into wrestling. So uh, this was back in like 2007 when it was kind of the heyday of the indies. You had um, the talent pool was the talent pool in the mid 2000s. If people for people that weren't around, it was phenomenal. This is when you still had Danielson and Cole Cabana and, you know, uh, just a lot of the who's who of professional wrestling still in the indies and still cut their teeth and making their way. But they were still really damn good. Um, and, you know, and then the underneath of that, like you had your. Yeah, you know, like at the very bottom of that, you had your like Rhett Tituses and your uh, I don't know if anybody remembers Pelly Primo and um, you had you had the best around just these guys that were just super talented. And, uh, and you know, I'll say the same thing then that I said that I'll say now um, the best way to get booked or to get noticed, show up and ask, how can I help? How can I help? What can I do to help this promotion? Um, that's the best way to get your foot in the door. Uh, how can I help with the ring? Um, and the main reason I say that is because, you know, these are the things uh, promoters have a lot of guys. Uh, and I, I'm very fortunate not to have this problem because I have a very good group of people that I book uh, Riot City. Uh, Riot City and just that whole camp that Sicken runs is just a group of professionals like most will never know about like these these guys they show up and basically they are the integral part of the show you know people don't realize not only are they wrestling on the cards but they're setting up the rings they're providing all of the logistics to make the show happen um you know these guys are literally the workhorses of this area um i'll i'll die on that hill there's nobody that's going to outwork a guy or outwork uh, somebody from that riot city camp. Um, but these guys will show up and they'll help out with the ring. And as a result, these guys get bookings very quickly and very fast and get the work, very talented guys. As a result, you know, it's, that's the best way that you can get your foot in the door. Um, just trying to establish and provide value uh, to the promotion um, it's not the only way, obviously. There's going to be guys that hit you up via email, and, you know, it might be somebody that's – like you take a look at them and they're really talented and like, boy, i got to bring those guys in or i got to bring that guy in. Um, but a lot of the times, nine times out of ten, your best bet is to show up and help out because that right there will not be forgotten. People think that it is. It will not be forgotten. Trust me, the promoter appreciates it. And there you go, guys. So if you guys want to get booked on these shows, just show up. Just show up and help. And it's something that I, I, I've heard and I read and I've come to learn. Uh, just because you set up that first show does not mean that you're guaranteed a spot on that show. But it could be something that shows up down the line. So Absolutely. There, there's guys that have shown up three or four shows for me. And finally, I, you know, I got a spot for them. And, and then they end up knocking it out of the park on that first spot and you know, then they end up having a spot for me for every show that I run. Um, it's, it's happened so many times before, especially in the days when I was running fight. Um, you know, when we were running fight in that television show with uh, fight pro wrestling uh, down in Rockville, or uh, even when we were running in uh, Shepherdstown, West Virginia, there'd be a lot of guys that would show up 
and, and something would happen where somebody, you know, somebody couldn't make it. Somebody got caught in snow or, you know, had a family emergency or something like that. And we needed to, somebody to fill that spot fast. And that guy was there and was able to come on, you know, do his thing. It happens. It happens more often than you think, or maybe we need an extra match for something. It happens more often than you think. Um, so, you know, the key thing, if you got a free weekend, look for a show nearby in your area and show up and see how you can establish value because I can guarantee you it will not be forgotten. Facts. So I'm curious, man, like we talking about like all the best parts of being a promoter and like having people just come and show up and hang out with you. And then, you know, you find spots. I'm curious, man, what's the worst part about being a promoter? (laughs) The worst part, Uh, the being a promoter is uh, it's, it's a thankless job. It it really is. Um, I, and I, I don't say that as, and, and I like I don't mean that as a negative at all. Like I love promoting. Um, however, it is a very thankless job. Um, it you got to really love the business to promote shows. Um, I can't think of any better. I, I can't think of any other way to throw money away quicker than being a promoter of professional <laughs> being a promoter in professional wrestling. Um, there's so many logistics and things like case in point. Uh, right before I left for Los Angeles, uh, we were supposed to have a show in Waynesboro uh, that ended up getting canceled because of logistics and, you know, things uh, falling through at the very last minute. Um, you know, Pennsylvania is when you, when you're running the show, you need a doctor up there. Our doctor uh, happened to come down with COVID. And oh, yeah, and this was 48 hours from the show. And uh, we, we could not find a replacement fast enough to make that show happen. So we ended up having to cancel a show that was damn near sold out, which is heartbreaking. Right. Um, if you're in my position, uh, especially when you, you, you have, you have some pretty big names on the show. I had Rhino on the show, um, had a couple of really big indie guys. Um, and this was going to be a show. I, I'm sure of it. It had it gone, had it gone forth and gone forward. We probably would have put on our best show that night. And I believe that's saying something with the lineup that we've had of voltage wrestling. Um, however, you know, things happened. And it fell through, and it is the worst feeling in the world to have that happen. Um, however, you know, uh, when you love the business, you bounce back. You, uh, you, you know, you learn from it, and you do better next time, and you know, try to make the best of the situation. And uh, that's what we're going to do. Where you're going to see some announcements tomorrow um, to make up for that, and or we back rocking and rolling like we always have been. Yeah, it's funny because I know, like, uh, and you you mentioned Riot City and their their training complex. Uh, I remember I remember hearing the story of Ian uh, just kind of like coming out of the crowd and and working a match, and uh, like the crowd really getting behind him. And I think that this speaks one to opportunities that you're able to give whenever you just show up and like help. But two, it also you know as much as it is a thankless, as you said, it's a thankless job. No, very much. I want to say. Thank you, because I did hear about that moment. I was like, Yo, I'm very proud of him because I was definitely excited to see that he got that opportunity. Yeah, and he got the, um, you know, uh, he ended up uh, wrestling Corey Bush that night. And, uh, you know, we put him a um, little inside baseball. You know, we put him in a position to succeed on that on that particular night. And he, he was in a very good spot on the show, um, Corey, um, the professional that Corey Bush is, uh, took very good care of him. 
um, we, I couldn't have asked for anything better to come with that. Uh, it was, you know, they both did their jobs to perfection and, um, that's all you can ask for as a promoter. Yeah, no doubt, man. So I'm curious though, like being that you've been in this for a long time and what's been one of the hardest lessons that you've had to learn in the wrestling industry? Uh, you're not going to be liked by everybody. Um, as a promoter, you're not going to be liked by everybody. There's always going to be somebody that has a bad story about you. There's always going to be somebody that's coming at you. There's always going to be somebody that wants what you have and will go out and try to take what you have. Um, it is your job as a promoter and as the driving force behind something to rise above that. It's hard sometimes. I'm not going to sit here and say that I've been able to rise above it all the time. Um, you know, we all have our moments. Um, I am a very emotional, uh, I'm a very passionate person, I should say, uh, about what I do. So, you know, it, like there, there are some times where you take that stuff kind of personally. Um, however, um, you know, especially with this venture, um, you know, we, we've had curveballs upon curveballs upon curveballs thrown at us since last June. Um, and, you know, a lot of it, a lot of that has to do with the success that we've had with this. Um, uh, you know, dare I say our first show, I, I knew we were going to be successful um, a week out from the show. I didn't realize how successful we would be um, to have the crowd that we had on our first event was unbelievable with three other events happening in the same town that weekend. Mm. Um, it was just a great, great feeling. And, you know, to, uh, as a credit to the other events, all of those other events drew as uh, drew very well too. It was just a testament to professional wrestling and how popular it is in that I-81 corridor. And, you know, um, you know, it's one of that weekend. And, you know, when uh, we had a show in the same town around the same night, I could have, you know, just packed my ball up and went home and just canceled the event, but we went forward. Everybody was successful. Um, we all, we all did very well. Um, every promotion in that area. And, you know, at the end of the day, you, you realize, you realize there's enough, for, there's enough out there for everybody to succeed. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like I hear a lot where like people are like, and it goes to like to the talent side, really. Like if you work here, you're not supposed to work there. And if you work there, you can't work at this place. And I hear that a lot, but as you just mentioned, like wrestling is so massive is loved by so many people that everybody can have a chance to succeed in like everywhere among like different promotions and stuff like that. So my question really comes to me asking you now, what kind of advice would you have for wrestlers slash promoters coming up? Wrestler, um, basically get out there and focus on you and do what you need to do to make your product successful. Um, I know it's hard sometimes. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Don't. Uh, and that's, that's advice that I have to take sometimes. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Um, focus primarily on what you're doing and you will succeed. Um, if it, you know, if somebody's coming at you, just put your foot on the gas even harder and work harder it is the best advice that I could possibly give you. Um, also, you know, constantly write down things as you think of them that will make your promotion better. Um, notice what you're doing wrong and, you know, try and go out and like figure out ways to fix those things. Um, you know, that's, that's one thing about this time around, uh, you know, 
again, I, I had told you before, uh, I had ran a promotion in the past called Fight. And Fight, while it was very well produced, we had very good talent. We didn't do so well. We didn't do so well in attendance, um, with the exception of a show here and there. You know, having a year or two in retrospect to think about all the mistakes that I made with Fight, we were able to, you know, come out of the gate and correct those mistakes this time around with Voltage. And, you know, that doesn't happen if I'm not learning from my mistakes. So constantly point out your mistakes, learn from them, improve and fix them. I like that. I like that a lot. And so let's talk about it, right? Uh, You are, you know, the owner and promoter of Voltage which is brand new, but I remember when you guys actually had your first event and you guys had your tournament that was going on. And our champion, who is Sicken, who is actually currently out, but, you know, get well, bro, because I know, like, you're going to. Uh, you're going to rip, rip it when you get back. But talk to me about, like, the evolution of Evolve, like how it got started and then what makes it the, the juggernaut that it's becoming. So, Vaulted Wrestling, um, it was actually – the idea got started the year before. Um, we were actually supposed to run a show in 2020. Um, the idea uh, got started when I started. Uh, I had started my podcast, and I was working under a studio. Um, and one of the first things that the studio asked, because the the person running the studio had had a lot of people come in that wanted to do podcasts but didn't really have a long term vision. Me, I was quite the opposite. I knew what I wanted to do a year from now, what I wanted to do two years from now. Um, my goal was very simple. Um, it was to, you know, doing this podcast was to kind of boost my profile in my area. I was kind of looking to be like the mean gene of, uh, you know, the I-81 corridor, kind of, you know, going out, announcing, um, you know, cutting interviews with people, try to boost their profiles. And then after a while, you know, open a promotion and really kind of build my brand from there. You know, I wanted to be like kind of the authority of wrestling in like the Hagerstown area, so to speak. Mm. Um, so, you know, part of that, um, you know, I explained to, I explained to them what I wanted to do. And, you know, as we started getting down the line, we started talking about the concept of what this promotion would look like. We didn't even have a name for it yet. Um, but I wanted to run something. The original idea was something Along the lines of like Quentin Tarantino produced wrestling. We haven't gotten quite there yet, but uh, you're going to start to see some of that here soon. Um, you know, mainly uh, due to the pandemic, we kind of got around to, you know, just getting the cast of characters together and getting the tournament and getting the promotion established. But <clears throat> the original comp, the, the original concept was supposed to be if something that looked like Quentin Tarantino produced wrestling. Um we we started kind of laying out what this was going to be, um, who was going to be involved, um, and basically where we were going to debut. And, you know, with COVID going on, uh, we were basically relegated to do an outdoor show. Um, I don't know if you've seen any footage from our show. We basically ran in the patio area of an Irish pub in West Virginia. When we got in there, it, I mean, it doesn't look like much when you see it. it. There's a stage in the back. It's got like a, there's like a yard area and then there's a patio. We kind of set the ring somewhere to the left of the stage 
and really dressed the place up a bit and, you know, tried to make it like an environment where it almost looked like a fight club, like an outdoor fight club. Um, it was a cool feel. Um, I think the venue added so much to it and, you know, off of the races we were, um, you know, originally I'm only expecting to do maybe 75 people for this. If I had 75 people for that first show, I would have been happy. We ended up doing uh, double that and then some, so uh, I couldn't have been any happier with the result that I was. Yeah, and then like you said, like the the cast of talent that you had around with Big Trouble Ben Bishop, obviously the Savage Gentleman, you know Victor Benjamin was there, Sicken was there, Miles Millennium was there. Like you had like just these four, just even that the four unique individuals around each other, and then obviously you tore it down with this massive tournament. Corey Bush obviously being included in that too as well. Like the the growth of CM Voltage like continuing to evolve and change and get better and like you said it's gonna be differently produced here in the future it's it's cool to watch so i definitely applaud you for like the work that you guys are putting in yeah and then yeah, i mean it, it's not to even say i mean we uh we we've had a couple of curveballs thrown our way during this whole entire process where it's made us switch up a lot of the things that we do uh you know again we're no longer affiliated with the studio now um, you know, we're, we're out on our own producing this, uh, little by little. Um, and you know, for you know, how, how things abruptly ended there, um, you know, we're doing really well, I, I think, um, as far as like rebounding and, you know, continuing to move the continuing to move forward and, uh, put out a decent product. Um, but you know, that, that kind of goes with promoting. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, you could be expecting a light, uh, you could be expecting a right and then get a left. <laughs> it's just, it's, you, you got to have the ability to roll with the punches. And I think we've done that uh, pretty well so far. So speaking of rolling with the punches, I'm very curious, man, because we do know that there's some things that happen, but I need to know, I need one do and one don't of the locker room so I don't get punched in the mouth. <laughs> I don't think anybody's getting punched in the mouth in our locker room. Uh, our <laughs> locker room, I, I've heard people say this, our locker room is probably one of the most chill locker rooms that you could find yourself in. Um, everybody gets along. Everybody wants to see everybody succeed. Um, yeah, nobody's punched in the mouth. <laughs> like, I can't even imagine a scenario. I can't imagine a scenario where that would happen. Um, but um, as far as do's and don'ts of the locker room, um, I'm – do and you probably heard this before i'm really big on everybody kind of just introducing themselves to everyone else um just shaking everybody's hand i think that's just it's it's basic courtesy um you know that that's the one thing i will say um as far as don'ts um like the only thing i would say um you, you got to remember you don't get yourself over somebody gets you over um a lot of guys, a, a lot of guys don't understand that in, in the beginning. Um, and once they do, and once the light bulb clicks, things are a lot easier for them, but uh, you know, don't try to get yourself over, like have somebody get you over, you know, that makes any sense. It makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. So those are like all my heavy hitting questions, but we do got to get into the second best segment of this podcast. You're probably wondering to yourself, What's the first? That's easy. It's the Red Dogs Power Rankings that you can find every Sunday on our debate show. I say it enough. I feel like I repeat that all the time. <laughs> but 
This is the three count podcast, 10 count questions. And Mr. Radic, this is how it works. I'm going to fire off 10 questions at you rapid fast. And whatever's your answer, that's your answer. All right. So we're going to put on the imaginary timer for add pressure. Bing. And here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Smackdown. Favorite movie? Pulp Fiction. Yes. Would you rather be a promoter or an MC? Oh, promoter. <laughs> Favorite color? Blue. Sonic or Mario? Sonic. Favorite submission move? Sharpshooter. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Favorite podcast? The Three Count Podcast, of course. Right? It's, <laughs> it's, it's right here. <laughs> it's right here. And right up top. Right up top. Uh, you can't say your own podcast, so <laughs> it's a three count podcast. Listen, anytime anybody, no, I'm a mark for myself. I will tell people the three count podcast, <laughs> followed by the Joe Rogan experience. I tell everybody that. That's what how it goes down. <laughs> um, nominate one person that you want to see on this podcast. Ernie Osiris. Yes, indeed. And then, last but not least, my favorite question asked every single person that comes on here. Favorite curse word? Fuck. That's right. A good F bomb <laughs> is what you need in this life. Gotta have them F bombs, man. <laughs> I tell everybody, I was like, if you haven't seen the history of the F word on YouTube, it is the greatest two minutes and 39 seconds that you're ever gonna see. So <laughs> I encourage everyone, go look up that video. <laughs> but last but not least, the only thing I need from you, Mr. Radic, is let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, um, uh, facebook.com forward slash Radic Wrestling. You can find me on Instagram at Mike Radic. That is M-I-K-E-R-A-T-I-C-K. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the same handle. Um, I also have a website, MikeRadic.com. You can also find me or find information about Voltage Wrestling at VoltageWrestling.com. We are on Facebook and Instagram under this is voltage or voltage is wrestling uh look us up you will find us and there you go you guys have it they just gave gave you all the handles but you know what that means that means like every good part of a wrestling match we gotta take this home because this is the three count podcast presents he is home. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm your host clifford red dog Miller, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling but like every good sherpa which by now you probably should be calling me you got to have someone who's been there done that and can do it more efficiently than you can and that's why it's never about me it's about who's entering the ring and you see him right next to me he's right there mike raddick himself the can i owner. go ahead and can i go ahead and make uh, a few more cheap plugs here Oh, you can make all the cheap plugs you want. Also, a couple other wrestling promotions you need to support. Um, Honorary Wrestling Federation, uh, ran by Matt Silks. Uh, Adrenaline Wrestling, uh, out in the Baltimore area and the Hagerstown area. Um, in addition to this, is vol- in addition to Voltage Wrestling, uh, there's uh, World Domination Wrestling Alliance out in Martinsburg. Um, just a couple of promotions that you can support and you can uh, pay your hard-earned money to see uh, great talent at all of those promotions. Hope to see you out of the show here soon. Um, keep up with my calendar at MikeRaddick.com. I'm going to be updating that here soon and uh, getting everything up to date. So we hope to see you out in some shows. Indeed. So y'all heard the man speak, and you know what that means? We got to go. So, you know, you know what to do. You tune into the next episode, okay? You wait for this outro, 
you wait for this ep- actually you wait for this episode to end you wait for the outro and then you choose another episode to listen to that's what you do what's going on three count nation i'm clifford red dog miller with the catchphrase but what i really want to do right now go to twitter.com right go over there find us at the three count underscore pod give us a follow give us a like give us a comment we want to talk to you guys Go to IG at the three count pod. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to YouTube.com. Give subscribe. Turn the bell on. Turn on notifications. Leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise oh. at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash three count pod please go buy our t-shirts we love you guys and we hope you love us too so show us some support please